Welcome everyone to Lessons with Mike. I'm here today with Anna. Hello. And today's topic is very interesting. We're going to be talking about the Bethel School and what that is from uh, the perspective of someone who actually went there and all the stuff that goes into that. So it's very interesting because I'm on the East Coast. Anna is on the West Coast. or Bethel's located in the West Coast in California. And I believe there's two schools. Is that right? Um, I know that, yeah, so they have a art school and then they have the ministry school and I went to the ministry school. Okay. Okay. And, um, a lot of people from where I live in North Carolina also went over and I don't believe any of them stayed there, uh, permanently. They've all come back and they've all had, from what I've heard, negative experiences from that place. From, from my understanding, um, it's a place you go for, um, it's like a religious type program. How did you hear about this? Um, so I actually grew up pretty like Southern Baptist, um, grew up religious since I was born. Um, and I was in private Christian school since I was in second grade. Um, and my mom had this really close friend of hers and her daughter went to Bethel and my mom's friend reached out to my mom and she was like, you know, my daughter's been going here and she loved it. Like, I think Anna should look at going there and, at the time, I was looking at maybe going to a four-year college, but school has just never really been for me. So I uh, I actually went out and visited um, this girl that went there. Um, and growing up kind of like Southern Baptist, non-denominational, it was very um, shocking visiting. But for some reason, I felt like that's where I wanted to go instead of being, you know, mm-hmm in a four-year college because it just mm-hmm. wasn't for me mm-hmm. um but I also at the time was wanting to do something with being a Christian um I wanted to be a missionary actually I wanted to be one of those missionaries that you know went to the hearts of jungles that no one's ever even seen like a white person before but actually very quickly that changed but I still ended up staying at Bethel through the I didn't do all three years I just did the two years so but that's kind of like how I heard about it mm-hmm. okay that's interesting I also grew up very religious it was a Pentecostal community for me I went to the private Christian school as well and so I imagine um the reaction and there was some I imagine there was some skepticism because um Bethel's heavily charismatic and how, how is the Southern Baptist church service is it similar to that because I've only ever been to a, a free will Baptist service um, and they're very quiet and reserved. So I've never been to a Southern Baptist service. How does that compare? Yeah, it was, we kind of went, my family kind of like, we moved around quite frequently. So we kind of hopped around with churches. So it was like um, growing up being younger, it was more of the Southern Baptist. But as I entered into the like more non-denominational churches, I will say it was pretty like conservative but some services depending on which church we were at were a little bit more I mean I don't even want to use the word charismatic but I guess in a sense we're a little bit more charismatic but compared to Bethel definitely not very charismatic (laughs) so I've heard a lot of things about what actually goes on in ministry school so what's the schedule like Uh, what, what kind of classes are there how is the uh is it a lot of church and music what what is the main thing um, yeah, so we had school Monday through Fridays, um, and then 
we were required to go to a church service, which there was church Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. Um, but each, um, you know, we had like these different groups. I guess the best way I can describe it is like a small group if you're from a religious community, but they were called um, revival groups and each revival group had their own pastor. And there was like, I don't know, at least like 50 people in this revival group. And so revival groups were assigned to specific um, church services. And if you didn't go, you got an absence from that service. Um, but like day to day, um, you could have like an AM class or a PM class. And in between the AM and PM classes, we had um, worship and then we would have a pastor or someone involved in Bethel come and speak. Um, we had, we also had a Bible teacher. So at least like, at least once a week, we would have, um, a Bible class come and teach, but I don't know. It was very, like, it pretty much felt like you were going to church at least like, I don't know, six days out of the seven days a week. So it was, it was a lot for sure. That's heavy. Uh, what kind of stuff did they uh, did they teach? Is it like pretty traditional Christian stuff or are there some things? Because I've heard some stories. I'm not sure how accurate those uh, those are. But uh, so what what kind of stuff did they, did they teach there? Was there anything that was a little a little out there? Um, I, I had some uh, classes that were definitely very interesting. Um, when I was in my second year, they actually offered a class. Um, I guess like the best way you could describe it was like they kind of had like electives almost so they were all different like some of them went over the Bible some of them talked about like empowering women in ministry things like that but I took a class in my second year and it talked about um, the end times and growing up no one liked talking about the end times so I didn't really I didn't have a ton of knowledge on it already but um I was like, you know, what? I'm going to I'm going to take this class because I'm intrigued. And um, it was very interesting because he the teacher um, kind of tied in the Old Testament more than anything in the New Testament. Um, he went back to a lot of things and he tied it into scripture references from Revelation. But his standpoint, which he told the class before it even started that this was just his personal view and that what this wasn't like Bethel's standpoint um but his personal view was that like the end times have already happened or that we're currently in them because in the bible it says like the end times are like the signs of the end times are you know women and uh like child labor pains and like natural disasters and all of these things that are currently happening and have happened and so that was kind of like the first time I've ever heard someone be like the end times have already happened or are happening so that was like very interesting um but Bethel was just very weird with their teachings just because I I mean I did like it in a sense but every everyone that was involved with Bethel that would preach always um said that this that was how they interpreted like that level of scripture that we were going over and so everyone would always kind of have like like you know like bill johnson would preach on something and be like this is kind of how i interpret it or like chris valentin would be like this is how i interpret it um so that was very interesting for sure just but also nice to be like okay you're not like 
shoving this view down my throat, but I don't know. It was very, it was interesting for sure, but it did give me a lot of perspective as someone who grew up in just like a very one way view of Christianity. Was uh was that what you expected, or did um was there anything that when you got there that you weren't expecting? Uh, you you said earlier it was a little bit of a, a culture shock coming from a Southern Baptist community to that. So what was it that was most um, surprising for you? Was there anything that was difficult to adjust to? Um, I think the charismatic side of things really was a big adjustment for me when I got there because I grew up, you know, God and Jesus and. Holy Spirit was just kind of like in the background of things. And so whenever, honestly, when I was in high school, I slowly started getting more exposed to the Holy Spirit just through different people that I went to school with. But it was never the extremes of Bethel in the sense of like, you know, having manifestations of like people falling out on the floor laughing. And like, I did experience those things, but there was just this weird thing where it almost was like if you aren't experiencing these things like there's something wrong with you which no one ever said that and like they even talked about that like everyone experiences God in their own way but you could just feel the like almost this like performance centered around it where like if someone was having an encounter with God and it was very like visible it was almost like oh they must like have it together like they must be like the ultimate Christian, you know, like have the ultimate relationship with God. And so even though I like let go of a lot of like religion being in a box by going to Bethel, I did learn a lot, but coming out of it, it was like, I went in with all of this religious trauma and like got rid of a lot of religious trauma and then picked up some more, but still (laughs) left with religious trauma but different religious trauma so I don't know it was it was I I don't have any like hatred towards Bethel or churches in general I just don't personally like I just feel like we're doing it wrong I feel like Christians and churches are doing it wrong now and maybe even earlier on they were but I feel like especially now it's gotten a lot worse well, well, now something else I wanted to ask you about. Um, a couple of years ago, there was a, a prominent uh, pastor from Bethel who tried running for a political office, and he made this thing a whole big deal. He's like, oh, Jesus is going to make sure I win the election. Pete did not win the election. I don't know what happened to him after that, but he didn't win the election. And so I feel like there's a heavier focus now on political on political operations and things like that, as opposed to what I think the church was originally supposed to be there for, which was helping the local community. You know, in the Bible, Jesus talks about to take care of the widows and the orphans, the the less fortunate members of the community, the poor, the starving, the homeless, the sick. But I feel like there's been a shift away from that. And was there any kind of outreach programs to the local communities that Bethel did? Um, yeah, I... I do agree with you there that the church has definitely shifted more towards political things. Um, I, we had to do this thing in school. It was like your Sunday service. And um, I actually did one, my, I can't remember if it was my first or second year. I think it was my first year. I did um, a service at the church and they actually, um, 
bust the homeless community from downtown Reading up to the church and we like made breakfast for them and it would be on a Sunday so that if they wanted to stay for service, they could, but a lot of them mostly just came for the breakfast. Um, but they, they did certain things like that where they would, you know, we did reach out to the homeless community. We, um, there was another one where you, we would go out and like help parks and we would help them clean up and help them repaint and do things like that. So there was definitely some, some outreaches that, happened and whenever the car fire happened um there was a lot of stuff they did um just like you know providing like food and water and like clothes and I don't know if they what they did with like housing necessarily I don't really remember because it was a couple years ago but there was things that they did do for sure um but I don't know but that's not really what they publicize uh so they yeah they not just them in general, but a lot of churches nowadays, they might do all these things, but they don't really promote that or publicize that. The big thing that I'm seeing a lot of churches do is publicize like certain controversial stances or, or certain political figures. So I think it's really interesting that 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 is the case. So I know there's a portion of the Bible where it says you're not supposed to, to brag about the good things you do, but I don't, I don't, I don't think that would be bragging. I feel like you, you make the community aware of the things that you offer and, you, you spend more time focusing on outreach and you can inspire other people to help people as well. That's the way I would see it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So while you were there, uh, you were there for two years and is there a reason uh, you didn't decide to go back for the third year? Um, so the first year I was kind of like, oh, this is so great. This is so wonderful. Like I was just like, honestly, on like a knowledge overload, but also just like realizing a lot about myself and how I was raised Mm -hmm. Um, but once I got into second year I kind of went through these different phases like I was just on a roller coaster of like being really in touch with like school and what I was doing and then I would get burnt out and then I'd get back on a, a high and then I'd get back to a burnout and I applied to do third year actually, and I got accepted to do third year, but um, third year is kind of almost like a, I guess the best way I can describe it is like an internship almost, but like not really. Um, Like you can apply to be under like a pastor or someone within the Bethel community. Um, So like when you're in first and second year, you have your revival group, like I mentioned earlier, and your pastor well, then you have all of these third years who are like helping guide you. They're kind of like helping you through school along with your revival group pastor. So that's kind of what third year is, is you're almost like mentoring the people that are in first and second year or in whatever, like it's not just within the school. You can do other things as well. But um, I had applied to some pastors and I had gotten denied and I thought about applying to some other pastors, but I was like, I don't want to just like serve someone that I don't have a feeling like or a call that I want to serve and my sister actually called me and said that she was thinking about buying a coffee shop down here in Oklahoma and that was the first time that I had kind of even considered moving back Mm -hmm. um and I actually found out before I moved back to Oklahoma that she didn't get the coffee shop but I decided to still move back. You know, my whole family is here. 
Um, I have four older siblings and three of them are married and having kids right now. So for me, it was more of just like a, yeah, to be close to your family and everything. Yeah. yeah, It's, it's like my family is here, but also like, I don't really necessarily didn't really feel like I needed to stay in Reading when I wasn't going to be going to Bethel anymore. Um, but yeah, now, so that like, was kind of like, about like how many people are in Bethel? Is it like a big community or like what? Um, I think our year, like my first year, I think just within my first year class, I think there was like a thousand of us, but with COVID and stuff hitting, I, and they also launched um, BSSM online too. And so I think with that, the numbers have kind of gone down a little bit more drastically than they probably thought. I don't know what their online situation looks like, but um, I do know that the like in-person has probably dropped down quite a bit. Mm. Um, but just within like Bethel community in general, it's, it's pretty big. Like you can, you can walk around Reading and you'll know <laughs> who's, who goes to Bethel and who doesn't. Oh yeah. Is, is Reading a big place? Are there are a lot of people there or. Not really. It's very like, it's very small town vibes. Like okay. for sure. Everything is like five or 10 minutes away from each other. So it's, it's pretty small town. Um, is that, is that similar to, uh, to Oklahoma? Yeah, honestly, well, I, I did kind of feel like I was moving to another version of Oklahoma, but you know they have like mountains and beautiful nature <laughs> so. oh yeah the nature stuff out there it's absolutely beautiful I've seen oh yeah pictures so during like your time there um so i imagine you learned a lot and changed a lot as a person when you came back this is like the big thing here so when you came back was the um transition process was that difficult oh for sure it definitely yeah. was um i think the first year i was back i was really struggling um, especially the first couple months I had moved back and I moved into an apartment by myself. And at the time, the only, like, I had about one friend that was like close to me that I could actually hang out with. But, you know, you go from a community where Bethel is very much like just very fulfilling all of your you know love languages you know like you have your friends that fulfill those and even the school fulfills those so moving back it was a little just felt very alone and not sure how to cope with everything that I just went through especially because COVID started during the middle of our second year and we had to like go online and like everyone was just like trapped in their homes and mm -hmm. then all of a sudden I'm you know, moving back and I'm like, I didn't even like school just kind of like ended. And then, you know, there was no really transition period for me, I guess. I mean, I did move back in the fall. So I did hang out with some friends during the summer, but mm -hmm. I, it was very just kind of like last minute that I decided to move back. So was it, that... was, it was definitely a lot, you know, I was trying to figure out, you know, this was the first time in my life and I'm, 23 years old now and I'm like this is the first time in my life that I feel like I have the freedom to decide if I want to go to church decide if I want to pursue that relationship with God and honestly I've gotten to a point where I think I definitely still 
believe in God or at least that there is like definitely something greater out there because I've seen way too much goodness happen with my family and even being at Bethel I saw a lot of really cool things but like I said earlier the church has just I feel like the church has kind of turned into the Pharisees you know they're they're casting they're casting the stones and writing people's names in the sand when we're just supposed to be welcoming people with open arms and not judging them that's that brings up another question you have a good point like how was the attitude there in the community were people overall like respectful of other people was that was there kindness or or how did they treat um the gay community for instance just an example um i've i've seen i i don't really know what happened with one of them um but i have seen some interesting situations happen with the gay community um but the first situation I had, I, I met this guy who was at Bethel and all of a sudden he was just gone. And I randomly saw him one day and I was like, what happened? And I don't really remember what happened, but he just didn't feel welcomed and things like that. And then in my second year, um, I had a friend who was gay and you know, there were some interesting things that happened with that dynamic. And I'm also not 100% sure on that story. I just kind of heard bits and pieces of it. But <laughs> it was definitely a interesting process. Like, I almost felt like they didn't want people, if they were outwardly gay, to be, um, like, in a third-year position or, like, being in a mentoring role, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know, I think Bethel was, I think the people in the community were probably more accepting of these things, um, but I mean, I don't think they would ever turn someone away in the mm-hmm. sense of like, you can't be in the church anymore unless it got to some weird extremes, but I don't know, I never really like had scenarios with that happen, so... But I I did hear about some of them, but I'm not sure. That's interesting if, for sure. Like, resolved or not? I don't know. A lot of churches right now, uh, they're taking the either one of two pathways, either coming out uh, very strongly against the gay community, and being like, "Oh, we don't accept that, we don't want that here," and then many churches are also coming out and just being very quiet about it, almost like they're trying to hide something, being very quiet. Some churches are even very accepting about it, but those are, I think, a little harder to find, especially where I'm from. Yeah, Yeah. I actually, um, I work at a um, coffee shop here, and uh, I have a co-worker who's um, a lesbian, and her and her um, girlfriend go to church, and they're actually like, involved with the youth group and when she told me that I was very shocked and um just because I mean Oklahoma is also very conservative too so I can understand where you're coming from in that sense of like it's it is out there but it's very rare to find so when she told me that I was like very shocked um to be really honest with you but that is how it's supposed to be you know like we are supposed to be accepting these people and they're not any different from us you know so it yeah, has to be, yeah. 
it's been very interesting. Like, I just, I did grow up very conservative, but I've also just learned a lot of like, I'm just going to love people because regardless of being a Christian or not, like, that's what we're called to do is to be a good person and to love the people in your life, regardless of if they're different from me or not. So I've just found that whole thing, like the political side of religion, like we're supposed to separate the state and the church, but we're not doing that. So <laughs> yeah, a lot of, a lot of that's not happening anymore. Um, a lot of uh, typically Republicans will be like, Oh, uh, like there was one comment some politician made. We have to have one religion. I was like, why? <laughs> like, yeah. There, there's different. There's always going to be different, uh, different views and different belief systems. You have to learn how to cooperate and to get along with. And you can't treat someone any differently just because they don't believe the same things as you. Even like, it might not be the same for you in Oklahoma, but even in North Carolina, there's like five different types of Baptist. And yeah. All of them are like the other ones aren't real. <laughs> yeah, it's like there's so many different denominations now, and it's like the church was never about the building. It was about being a body of Christ and I just think even now like I'm not super deep into you know like studying other religions but what I have heard about them is they're all very like even like Buddhism and like things like that it's like they're all very similar and like at the end of the day it's pretty much about like being a good person and like worshiping whoever your god is you know Mm -hmm. and that that god is going to look out for you and your people and i think like for me personally like i when i moved back i i got involved in a church i had a couple you know um that i met through working at one of the coffee shops and they invited me to go to church with them and it got to the point where i did get a little like involved i became like a youth group leader for a little bit and my entire youth group was um 14 year olds Mm. and they all identified as they them they were all gay pan and all i did was just sit and talk and love on them and they that i could tell that that meant so much to them because i didn't come in there and just try and like talk them out of what they're doing and like yeah 14 can be really young to be you know trying to figure yeah. out I mean that is when you're trying to figure out your sexuality and your you know that's when all your hormones are going crazy but I'm like I'm just gonna be there for them but it got to the point where the sermons started making me angry and I wasn't agreeing with them and so mm-hmm. I just decided you know maybe after coming out of Bethel and dealing with all of this religious trauma and trying to deconstruct and figure out what I believe in that maybe I just need to take a break from being in that kind of environment. So that's kind of what I've been doing is just taking what I've learned and figuring out what I want to continue to believe in or maybe not believe in mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah, the religious trauma, it's its very heavy, especially if you are like growing up like super heavily involved in it. Um, a lot of these people that are adults, I don't think they realize the impact it can have on a kid. Um, yeah. One thing that was very common around here, uh, hellfire, brimstone, you can't do that. You're going to be tortured forever. I was like, well, that doesn't sound too fun. I don't think that's fair. And that can really scare a kid and that can traumatize them for years to come. And like there was one instance where uh, a little girl at at a church I went to a while ago, she uh, 
had told one of her friends that she was gay or having like gay thoughts or gay feelings. And that person t- uh, told one of the uh, leaders and the leader sat them down and said, oh, you, you can't really be thinking this. You know that if you actually feel this way, you'll go to hell. It's like, that's so inappropriate. Oh, to yeah. You tell a child that. What is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, that's not something a child needs to hear, you know. But I actually, um, I've seen a lot of people that I was friends with or involved with at Bethel who have been going through the same deconstruction that I've been going through. And I've actually seen a lot of people um, come out um, after leaving Bethel you know I've I've seen a lot of people come out as like gay or bi and um I even have a friend who she still lives in Reading um she actually was on a podcast with these girls who also were coming out of Bethel or different um religious backgrounds and she sat on a podcast with them and they talked about you know just like purity culture and things like that and I actually fought Just talking about mm-hmm. like the deconstruction and how I lost the past 15 seconds. So I, didn't qu- I didn't catch that. Oh, sorry. My mom, I almost started calling me. I didn't know if it was picking up. Uh, no, so just last like, thing I heard was uh, she was on a podcast with some people that had left. Yeah. So she was on a podcast with these girls who are still in Reading as well. And they talk about a lot of different things. Like, you know, um, like I think they kind of talked about like purity culture and like. Um, being a woman like in the church and things like that and they just like discuss these different topics and they actually did a podcast on um, like Bethel and deconstructing from Bethel um, and I've I've reached out to them a couple of times and just have really talked to them and been like you know this is really like fascinating to me because I feel like I keep seeing these people that it's not that any of us are just like saying no to everything that we've been taught it's we're a lot of us including these girls like some I even asked them I'm like do you guys still believe in God and she said the the best way I can say is we don't know you know like we're it's not that we don't we're just trying to figure out Mm -hmm. how to deconstruct from all of these things that have happened in our lives and figure out you know the truth and I don't know. I think it's not a bad it's not a bad thing to question who you are, how you were wa- how you were raised. And I think that is something that I experienced in the church was like, oh, if you're questioning then you have like you're you're questioning your faith, you're questioning God. And it's like it's actually not a bad thing. Like mm-hmm. especially if you grew up in it like I did. And like I said earlier, I think I mean I right now I still believe in God. I still believe that there is a greatness in the world, but I'm not, you know, necessarily actively going to church. I'm not actively, you know, reading my Bible, but what I am actively doing is loving the people in my life Mm -hmm. and being there for them and being a good person to them. And I think that's what matters more. I mean, you can read all the books or, or go to all the church services, unless you're actually living these these beliefs unless you're actually like going out of your way to help people then what's the point right yeah yeah i feel like a lot of people that are involved in church um have really just i said this earlier but they just really i feel like not all of them there are you know 
I'm not trying to put everyone that goes to church into one category because not everyone is the same, but I feel like a vast majority of people that are involved in churches have just become really judgmental. And I, I think back and I'm like, literally being a Christian used to be like my whole identity. And that's all I centered like my life decisions around. Mm-hmm. And now like that, I'm not actively like pursuing that it's it's like I'm making these decisions for for me and what's going to make me happy and make other people happy in my life you know Mm -hmm. especially like growing up I was told you have to put your own happiness aside you have to do what the Lord wants for your life don't even consider what you want Uh, as like that's like that's not helpful yeah it's like if how am I going to be able to love others and help them be happy if I'm not first being happy and loving myself you know mm-hmm. you, you can't give what you don't have yeah you can't love your neighbor unless you love yourself first yeah and there's a lot of people that would like disagree with that I feel like they would there's a lot of people that think this like love yourself movement or whatever you want to call it is like wrong and it's like it's not wrong like sometimes it's not a bad thing to be a little selfish and work on yourself, you know, so that you can be fully you and be able to be there for the people in your life as well. One thing uh, you had mentioned, uh, and we were touching on this a little bit, is the people that that do get those like heavy, spiritual, exciting, loud moments. A lot of them, it's just a show almost. And did you get a lot of that? Did you see a lot of that? Like people, it's almost like because I've seen this a lot um people putting on a performance almost like so how do you differentiate an authentic experience from someone putting on a performance that's got to be incredibly difficult um i i can definitely say that there it is very hard like it's very hard to tell the difference and i i can't speak on someone having an experience or not um but it definitely just was a thing. I don't know how to like describe it. Like you could just sometimes tell if someone was trying to force something to happen that wasn't there. And, but once again, like, I don't, I don't want to sit there and look at someone and be like, Oh, they're not having an experience with God. They're Mm -hmm. just putting on a show when they really actually were. Um, But it just definitely like, it sounds dumb because like Bethel would sit there and tell us like, you don't have to be this perfect person. You don't have to perform. Like this is all just about like you growing and learning and having a relationship with God. But there was still this weird, like expectation, expectation that all of us could feel. And so we all felt like we had to be these perfect people and have these great amazing encounters and it was almost like we were trying to be like the best christian in the room yeah it's like a contest almost yeah and it's like we're almost like competing but like we all love each other but it was like this weird like underlying like i want to be the best like i want to be noticed by like all of the pastors in the room you know and it's just it was I don't know why it became that way. Like it, that's not what going there should be about, which I'm not saying that's what it was about, but 
it just felt that way. And I definitely did learn a lot of really great things from Bethel, but I definitely think um, just depending on how you move forward and is, is up to you. You know, I, I can probably confidently say that all of us that have left have probably took a lot away some good things from Bethel. Um, but I do think that there's also probably some people that, you know, didn't have a great experience at all. So, and I don't know those people, but the people that I do know have, we've talked about it and it's like, yeah, we, we did learn a lot, but we also left with a lot of trauma that we came in with, but left with in a different way. Like I, like I said earlier, yeah. Well, this has been so interesting. Thanks so much for, uh, is there anything else you want to add before we get to the conclusion? Um, I don't, I don't think so. I, I always love talking to people about this kind of stuff and I don't have all the answers. You know, I'm still figuring out myself what happened in my life and figuring out who I want to be now. But, and I mean, all I guess I have to say is that it is perfectly okay for no one to have all the answers and to not know where they are now. And we're always growing and learning. So there's no rush in figuring out what you want to believe and who you want to be. Take your time, figure these things out. And just because someone tells you to do it, that doesn't mean you have to believe that search, figure out the answers for your, for yourself, figure out what you believe. And, and yeah. Thank you for having me come on. I honestly loved that you reached out to me, whether you were joking or not. I was like, hell yeah, I'll be on your freaking podcast. Why not? No, I love having all kinds of people on here. Like I didn't have a plan. I'd just be like, Oh, perfect. She agreed. Now let's come up with a plan. <laughs> yeah. And we did it so quickly too. It was great. Did. I love it. I love the turnaround time on this one. All right. Thanks everyone for listening. Be sure to share the podcast with your friends, share it with your enemies, share it with your mother, your father, your pets, everyone, the whole world. And I will see you next time. Bye. Bye.